Well, praise the Lord. Uh, it's a great day to be in the house of God uh, as we come together to worship the Lord. Um, we had an awesome time of worship. I know I did. Just uh, remembering the precious blood of Jesus, we sang nothing but the blood of old hymn. Uh, we sang a, a kind of a newer song, Oh, the Blood of Jesus. And um, just re understanding and remembering the importance of this basic uh, ele uh, fundamentals of the faith. And um, I want us to, to get in there this morning. We're going to be back in the book of Galatians. Uh, we won't be there long today because I... Last week I hit on something that I really felt like I needed to come back to because it was I just kind of gave you an outline of the gospel. Remember, we asked the question, what is the gospel? So I want to continue. That is the, the message today. What is the gospel? And I'm going to go. I'm going to do a little bit today and then we'll continue next week. Well, actually, um, quick announcement next week. Uh, we will not be meeting here in my home or I won't be streaming live. Uh, like I normally do, we will be uh, fellowshipping with uh, Grace Chapel. I'll be ministering there. And so those of you who watch and obviously those who are here with me, you, you'll be there with us. But we'd love to invite you to come. If you uh, didn't get a chance to go the last time, I want to ask you to come and, and support the ministry of Manifest Church as we're on the move. We're going to be there ministering the gospel, the word of God. And so we encourage you to come. Um, uh, Joe uh, came that, that Sunday and was a blessing to see him. Hopefully he'll be able to make it again. And some of you who are locally here that you, you can uh, get there. And so if you, I will be putting on our, in our uh, manifest group the address of where we'll be. So those of you that are in the group um, who are in the area, man, we'd love for you to come visit with us there at Grace Chapel next Sunday where I'm going to be ministering the Word of God. So it'd be a, uh, an encouragement to, for me to see you there. And... Um, We'll go from there. And so, again, that's happening next week. So we'll have a little bit different thing. I won't be streaming live next week. I wanted to give you that announcement today. And it won't be, there won't be a podcast either for that week. So just uh, those of you who listen to the podcast, um, we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up two weeks from then. So I'll be off for a little bit, but that's okay. I'm doing God's work, and, and uh, we just continue to trust Him in that. Um, so anyway, we talked something, we, got, we hit that question, what is the gospel? And if you remember, I took you to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I gave you what Paul said was the first things that he declared and to the saints and uh, the importance of that it was kind of an outline of what the gospel message is. And so I want to continue in that this morning because I think it's important. I think too many times, uh, we, we, you know, as Christians today, we kind of think that we are living in a, a Christian society, but let me tell you, we're in a post-Christian society. We have, uh, in this culture in America, especially, I'm from America, this is where I live, and I want to tell you that there are many people growing up who do not know the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who do not know who Jesus Christ is, living right here in the USA. There are people, yeah, they've heard about a Jesus, but they, don't, they have never been influenced by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it's important that as we minister God's word, that we remember these things. And a matter of fact, there are young people sitting right here in my home who've heard these basic truths, but I promise you, unless they've been born again, they won't remember what they were, those things. It may come here or there, but I want to tell you today that my goal today is to build on the foundation of the gospel message. And so it's important that we, we bring these things. I want to 
uh, break down the keys of the gospel message that the Apostle Paul gave us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 3 through 7. This is where we'll end up most of the time, but this is where the question came up. Let me read to you uh, here where that happened uh, in, first, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. And so here we go. The Apostle Paul, again, he, earlier he talks about that if anyone comes preaching another gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be cursed. Remember, he said, even if an angel, can you imagine? Um, none of us have that experience, but if an angel came to you, it started to preach another gospel other than the one that's found in the scriptures, another gospel that he said even an angel is to be cursed. So this is so important. And he said he laid that groundwork that this didn't come from human origin, but he received it by revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus revealed the gospel to the Apostle Paul. And I'm not going to go into that. We've already hit there how, how this happened, what, what was Paul's conversion, how he came to know Jesus. And so we're not going to go there and build that again. But I really want to talk about uh, the gospel message. Let's pray and we're going to jump right in. Father, I pray this morning that you will speak through me. Lord, I, I thank you that you, your grace makes me competent to preach the gospel. I can't do this in my, I'm not smart enough and I don't want people to uh, rely on eloquence of speech, but on the spirit's power. That's what I desire, Lord, that your spirit be manifested right here and will manifest yourself in their lives as they're listening, watching, wherever they may be. They could be in a car, they could be waiting for something. They could be sitting down, listening in their home. God, you can speak right wherever they are. You're not limited to a, a time and space. Lord, you can do what you want to do. You are the creator of heaven and earth. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring about transformation this morning in those who are in this home and those who will listen and watch later. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to serve you, Lord, and to be about your business. In Jesus' name, amen. And so again, let's, uh, let's go ahead and, and jump right in. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. So again, this gospel that uh, Paul received, it wasn't a gospel from human origin, meaning human beings didn't teach, a human being did not teach Paul the gospel. The gospel came by him having a revelation of Jesus. If you remember on the road to Damascus, he was uh, going to persecute Christians. Actually, this was what he was doing. He was going to go persecute Christians, lock them up, put them in jail, and because they were preaching about this Jesus and uh, they were preaching about his resurrection, they were declaring the good news of Jesus Christ. And Paul was going uh, or his name was Saul at the time. He was going to persecute the way people of the way, which is Christianity. And so remember, he was at that moment, he was knocked off his horse on his way to Damascus. He has an encounter with with Jesus Christ, a resurrected king. And and Jesus asked him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You remember that? And again, now begins his transformation from one who persecuted the church to now one who's preaching the faith he tried to destroy. Isn't that awesome how God could do that? That, that tells me that there's no one of you in here, no one of us who are too far gone from God rescuing us from our sin. And this is what I want us to see. Go uh, with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to show you this. I want us to look here in verses 3 through 7. Um, this is the Apostle Paul 
writing to the Corinthians, and he says, For what I received I pass on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and Cephas is Peter, the Apostle Peter, that's just how uh, the, his name, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. So, uh, so the apostle Paul here is giving you an outline of the gospel. So where I want to start with real quick, he says, of first importance, he says that Christ died for our sins. You might be asking, well, what is sin? How, how, you know, you're growing up in a generation that sin isn't used. Many people don't even use the word sin. You may have, uh, maybe a couple times you've heard that word used, but I want to tell you, and it's sad that even in churches, they don't even use the word sin. And I'm not saying all churches. I'm saying there are those churches who have rejected the, 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 the gospel and now are, are, are living and preaching a different gospel and they won't mention sin. Sin is irrelevant today. No friends, sin is so relevant because of sin. This is why we see what we're seeing in this world. I want to tell you that the Bible says that sin is breaking God's law. First John chapter three, four, uh, uh, chapter three, verse four says, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. Man, whenever you engage in lawless activity and breaking laws, you are falling right in a long line with Satan. Satan is a lawless one. He is one who is lawless. He does not care about law. He does not care about God's law. And so he is called the lawless one. He is uh, one who does not care about the law. So Again, everyone who sinned breaks the law. So sin is breaking God's law. Uh, let's go to the beginning for a minute. I want you to, because to, to, beginning, uh, Genesis means book of beginnings. And you need to understand sin was not in the world until this moment. Sin entered the world at this moment. This is how sin came about. Um, and I want you to see this because it's important as we're understanding the origin of sin and what sin is. Again, sin is breaking God's law. I want you to see in Genesis 2, verses 16 through 17, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Again, this is Genesis chapter 2. Verse 16 to 17. Well, who's the man that he was talking to? Adam. Adam was the first man. He was the man that God created. He fashioned him from the dust of the ground. And the Bible says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And Adam became a living being. Uh, God had made man in his own image. And now he tells man, I'm going to put you in this garden. There's going to be, be there's plenty of things you can eat from. But I do not want you to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we can see God's law is whatever he commands us to do or not do. When God makes a command, when God gives a command, see, notice the law, which I'm going to refer to 
what uh, most of them are speaking about here in the New Testament is the law of Moses. How many of you ever heard of Moses? Anybody ever heard of Moses in here? Yes? No? Okay. So you've heard of Moses. I know you have. And Moses was given the Ten Commandments. And so we're going to go into that. God's law, again, is whatever God commands us to do or not do. Why? Because this was not a law per se in, in the law of Moses, what happened in Genesis. But this was God's command to Adam not to do something. And Adam, we find out later, he does it. And because he does this, sin enters the world. Um, uh, let's go over to Exodus chapter 20. I want you to see God's law. I want you to understand what does God what is God's moral law for us? What is God saying to us? How, why, how, how am I a lawbreaker? How have I sinned against God? How is sin happening in my life? And I want you to see here in Exodus. Oh, I'm, let me go here. Exodus. <laughs> let me get there myself. I'm over here flipping through pages. All right, here we go. I want to read the commandments to you. And God spoke all these words. This is Gen uh, Exodus 20, verse 1. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name or misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and, on your, and, and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not get false testimony against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Again, these are God's Ten Commandments. This is God revealing His glory, His character of who He is, and He's giving that to us. And as a result of this, these are his commands. And as I was saying, sin is breaking those commands. I, if you're honest with yourself, how many of you have kept those commandments? None of us in here. And that's right. None of us have always kept God first. Not, 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 especially our young people in here uh, in this room, you haven't always honored your father and mother, I'm sure. <laughs> you haven't always live to that standard you have probably done things that may have dishonored them you may have spoken to them in a certain way you may have done things without them knowing 
And but God knows. Right. God knows what we do. So when Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command, sin entered the world and death through it. I want to show you this in Romans chapter five, verse 23, Romans chapter five, verse 23. Um, it says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all all sinned. It's important to understand that no one is without sin. This is good news. I'm going to tell you right now, there's nobody here in this room or watching or listening or in this world without sin. No one is without sin. So guess what? You are in the right place to hear good news. Because what does this say? None of us can say, hey, I'm, I'm guiltless. I have never done anything that sins against God. I've never ever broken his commandments. You know, if you say that you're a liar and the truth is not in you. And you know what? One day that will uh, that will come to bear if you continue to resist God. In Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means every person on this planet that has ever been and ever will be has sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So this is what sin is. Sin is breaking again God's law. There's more to this, but I would need so much time to do that. But I really wanted to give you just a good understanding of sin and how it entered the world. It entered because of the the actions of Adam and Eve in the garden when they sinned against God, they disobeyed his command, and as a result of that disobedience, sin entered the world and sin brought about death, decay. The reason people are dying isn't because of COVID or, or this and that. Those are things that happen. But the real issue, the real reason we die is because of sin. Sin brings death. As we just read, the wages of sin is death. Sin brings about death and sin is the reason that we are in the situation we're in. And you might say, well, wait a minute. So you're saying the person that died of COVID sin? Um, I'm not saying that, that their sin uh, killed them in that regard. I'm talking about how because we are all sinners, there's no person on this earth that is clear of sin. We have all transgressed God's law. There's no one good. No, not one. We've all sinned. And the moment that we can be intellectually honest with ourselves and with God and really acknowledge the fact that, yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I have sinned against. No, I'm not good. Yes, I have good days. Yes, I, I can be kind to someone or I can show that. But ultimately, the, the truth is that by nature, we are sinners because it happened long ago. Sin entered the world through one man's disobedience. I want to show you this in... Um, uh, Romans 5:12 it says therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin and in all this way death and excuse me and in this way death came to all people because all sinned so not only are we born into sin but we choose to sin i mean this is our nature right as as human beings, and it's part of our na uh, a natural experience that we, not only are we born into sin, 
but we are sinners by choice. We're not just sinners by nature, but we are sinners by choice. And we need to be saved from sin because sin brings death. I don't know about you, but I don't want to, I don't want to die in my sins. And you might say, well, we're all going to die. I mean, what are you talking about, pastor? We're all going to experience death on this earth. We're living, right? Yes, because that is a result of sin. But I'm talking about the second death. I'm talking about the Bible says it is destined for man to die once and after this to face the judgment. We're going to stand before God and give an account for our lives, what we've done on this earth. And I don't want to die without the remedy for the sin, uh, for, for the sin in my life for that day when I stand before the judge of the universe. When I stand before him, I do not want to be without an advocate. I don't want to be in his presence without the remedy for my sin. And so here's the good news. This is the gospel. Jesus died for our sins. This is basic understanding. So sin again is breaking God's law and every one of us in here can admit and those of you watching if you're honest with God and yourself you can admit you can have a, a, a moment of self-awareness and realize you know what I am a sinner I have sinned against God when I looked at those Ten Commandments I've never kept them and, and you might say well wait a minute I've kept, I haven't murdered anybody or oh, I'm pretty good I mean looking at those commands I kind of honor my parents I'm you know, I'm, I'm right there. You know, James had a remedy for that with someone who was that prideful. You know what he said? If you're guilty of breaking one of the commandments, you're guilty of breaking the whole law. So you might be like, well, wait, I, I only broke one. Well, you're guilty of the whole thing. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty um, important to understand that just because you might, well, you know, I've done pretty good here. I've done really good. I want to remind you of a story. You guys remember or maybe you haven't, and this might be the first time you heard it. There was a rich young ruler who, who was uh, coming to hear Jesus, uh, his message, his preaching. And he comes up and he, and he, he meets Jesus on the road. And he says, Mass, good teacher, good teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? And the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and loved him and looked at him. And he, and he said to him, well, you know the commandments. Honor your father and mother. And, and, uh, and he goes, well, yeah, I've kept all these since I was a boy. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. And he says, take everything you have, sell it and give it to the poor and come follow me. And the rich man went away sad. Why? Because he broke one of the greatest commandments. <laughs> he did not love the Lord his God with all his heart. He did not. He had an he had he had an idol in his idols, his possessions. That's what ruled his heart. So he said, oh, I've kept all the commandments. Right. Well, you failed there because you weren't willing to to let go of your possessions to follow the creator of heaven and earth. You thought your possessions were more valuable than walking with Jesus and living for him. This is definitely a sin. <laughs> so Jesus lovingly looked at him. You know, Jesus wanted the rich man to be saved. He sure did. But he knew that there was, a, and Jesus turns around to his disciples and says, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to, to enter the kingdom of heaven. This is, wow, like what? <laughs> a camel to go through the eye of a needle? But a, it's harder, it's easier for that than for a rich man? That's crazy. Why? Because they place their confidence in, in, in earthly possessions and 
and they, they find their security in that. That's why when the market goes, when money goes, when things happen, these people kill themselves. They blow their heads off. They, why? Because all their thing, they put their trust in this, the, 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 the treasures of this earth that are going to quickly fade. They come and go. I mean, uh, Solomon said that uh, chasing after wealth is like chasing after the wind. It's futile. And so, again, it's not, there's not a problem with having wealth and possessions. The problem is those things can't have you. You can't be a servant to them. You have to be willing to part ways with them when the Lord will, will ask of you or commands you to. You must be willing to say, Lord, uh, <laughs> not my will, but your will be done. And so, again, <clears throat> what am I saying? All have sinned, and Jesus is the remedy for our sins. Jesus died for our sins uh, he, God revealed the remedy that we needed. Every one of us needs this remedy. Uh, and God has showed this from the beginning. Do you remember when we were back there where God told him not to eat, right? Well, I want to show you something in Genesis chapter three. I want you to go with me there in Genesis chapter three. I want you to see something that happens the moment that, uh, Adam and Eve eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think this is important. I want you to see what happens to their consciousness. Look what they do. So I'll, I'll just start in, in verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Look at verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You see, when men sin and they look, when they realize their eyes were open, oh my gosh, I'm naked, something's wrong. You notice their understanding, what they, had, they had understanding that something isn't right. They're uncovered, and they're, they have just violated God's law. Because prior to that, they were naked. And uh, matter of fact, look. Look at chapter 2 of verse 25 in Genesis. Look what it says. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Prior to them disobeying God, there was no shame in how they were, how they were dressed. Why? Because they were obeying God and they were living in communion and fellowship with God. There was no issue they were, they were walking in obedience to what God has said, but the moment that they ate, it says their eyes were open and they realized they were naked and they began to sow fig leaves. You know that man tries to do this today? Men today try to cover their sins by their religiosity. They, they try to cover their sins by giving to, to charities and helping people. They try to ease their conscience of the sin in their life by doing something good, right? They try to do things to, uh, well, I'll, 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 uh, I'll go to church on Sunday, or I'll, 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 you know, I'll walk, I'll take care of my neighbor, or I'll do these acts of goodness, right? But ultimately, that isn't what is the remedy for the sin in their life, for them disobeying God. You can't clean yourself in your own terms. Hopefully, you understand that you can't. Get rid of sin your way because it's your way that brought about sin. <laughs> Get an amen. It was my way. It was what I did 
that caused sin, and therefore I need someone greater than me to wash it away, to cleanse it. But what man does in his pride is man tries to sow fig leaves, per se, and tries to cover their sin rather than coming to the one who is able to rectify and to wash away their sins. And thank God that Jesus Christ has been revealed. And God has been, he, he wanted to reveal this a long time ago. He, uh, he, 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 this, was, this was his plan for the very beginning. He knew man was going to sin, and he already provided the remedy. Even back in Genesis, God had already provided the remedy for their sin. If, that was, if what they were doing was, was appropriate covering for their disobedience of God's command, would not God allow them to continue to wear them? Right? If, if them wearing the fig trees covering up their naked because like obviously they were naked and it's it wasn't when their eyes were open in this sense it caused them to think hey this is wrong and yet they sowed their own fig leaves to try to cover this but God was like no that's not how you're going to cover it because I'm not uh, that's not the way I want this done why he gets to say right he's God he's he's in charge we're not in charge and the fact that they didn't listen to the one in charge is why we're in the mess that we're in right now. <laughs> and the reason there are things going on in your life is because of you disobeying the creator. It's not God. God isn't the one at fault here. We are. We're the ones guilty, not God. God is trying to save us. God has sent his son uh, to die on a cross for you and me and to rise again so that we can be with him forever. God is not the, the, the issue here. It is man. In fact, if it were God's, uh, in fact, here is where God instituted the first animal sacrifice. Look at verse 21 of chapter 3 there in Genesis. God, you know, we read through this very quickly and we, we miss out here. The first blood that was shed right there in Genesis chapter 3 was of an animal. And this is how God covered Adam and Eve. Look what it says in verse 21. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Where do you think he's going to get skin from? An animal. And the blood of those animals was shed for the sin of Adam and Eve. Because this was a shadow of what was to come. Blood had to be spilt in order to cover the guilt of their sin. The problem is that that wasn't enough. This was just kind of a shadow of what's to come that will be even greater. And um, so the blood of animals could only cover our sin, but it could not take it away. Jesus is the remedy for our sin. You know, um, I love this passage of Scripture right at the beginning of Jesus' birth. Look what, it, look what, look what um, the angel's telling them. He says, She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is the remedy for our sins. Jesus is the one who can take away our sin. He won't just cover it. He'll take it away. Mark 10, 45. Look at what Jesus says to, the, to his, to his uh, disciples. For even the Son of Man did not come, in, uh, come, to, the, uh, come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Jesus didn't come to be served. Jesus came to lay down his life for you and for me. Jesus wants to take away your sin today. Would you let him? Would you humble yourself and realize, you know what? I am a sinner. I'm guilty. I have sinned against God and I don't want to perish. I don't want to die in my sins. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. If you want to have eternal life, you can have it today through Jesus Christ because it was his blood that washed away our, that washes away our sin. I want to, just like in the beginning, God used the blood of animals to cover man's sin, right? Now through his son, Jesus Christ's blood, he would remove sin from all who believe in him. Uh, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 9, and we're almost done. Hebrews chapter 9. And we'll continue next time we get together. Hebrews chapter 9. Why is blood important? Look at what, look at what the writer of Hebrews says in verse 22. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. In fact... The law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Without blood being spilt, there is no forgiveness. That is why Jesus had to die. Do you remember John the Baptist's words? If you've ever heard him say, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do you understand Jesus was a sacrifice for your sin and my sin and for the world's sin? Jesus came and he gave his life. When he died on that cross, he stretched out his, 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 his hands and he bled and died on that cross. And that blood that was being poured out on that cross was the blood that was able to forgive our sins. I want you to see something else. I want you to stay in this Hebrews chapter 9. This is important. Verse 9 says, this is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. When, when the blood of animals were offered up for covering the sin of the people, it could not, that blood could not cleanse the conscience of the worshiper. That's why they had to come to, uh, in, in the um, sacrificial uh, law, they had to come and offer up every year. The priest would have to come and offer up every year for the sins of the people. He would have to come, not with his own blood, but with the blood of animals. He would offer up this blood to cover the people's sin. And yet Jesus, he comes in with his own body. He comes, look, I want to read you in verse 11. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things, that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. Listen to this now, guys. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifers sprinkled on those who ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more, this is great, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death 
so that we may serve the living God. It is Jesus and it's always going to be Jesus. It's his blood that can wash away your sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can make you whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's no, you know, like, like when you get a stain on a shirt, there's only certain things that could take it out. Well, the stain of sin in our life, the only thing that can take it away is the blood of Jesus. And I want to encourage you this morning. If, if here in the message today you realize, you know, Pastor, I, Pastor Danny, I, I, I've kind of been around church or I've heard some things of church, but I, I don't know this Jesus that you're talking about, like you say to know him. I come to realize I have sinned against God and I need to be saved. I need to be cleansed. I need God to wash away my sins. And I believe that he can do it. And I want to put my trust in him. Today, if that's you, I want to pray with you. I want to pray that God would save you. I want, I want you to agree. I want, to, I want you to confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. I want you to know that your sins can be forgiven today. Your conscience could be made clear because of what Jesus did on Calvary over 2,000 years ago when he shed his blood on that cross. And praise God, the end of the gospel message isn't there. That's just the beginning. Not only did, did he forgive our sins, but he rose again, defeating death, so that you and I can not experience a second death. We can be resurrected with our Savior, and we will be with him forever and ever. And he will wipe away every tear from your eye. He will get rid of death disease and decay, everything will be abolished. Those things will be old and gone and new will come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that your blood is what can wash away our sins. There's someone here in this, in this house, my, my kids or, or a friend, Lord, if they need Jesus today, I pray, Father, that you would open their hearts right now, that the Holy Spirit will begin to convict and reveal Jesus. They don't have to die in their sins. They can be cleansed from their sin. And not just their, the sins that they have done, but the sins that they will do and today and the sins for the future. God wants to cleanse us completely. And today that could be for them. Today if, if you're listening and you're watching and, and you hear God speaking to your heart today. Don't harden your heart. Humble yourself. Confess your sin to God and He'll cleanse you. He'll wash away your sins with the precious blood of Jesus because His blood is still powerful today. And that's what we need. We need His blood to wash away our sins. And so I pray today that if you're listening and watching and you're here, if that's you today, I pray that you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart. I believe, Lord, that you raised Jesus from the dead. That's what you say. I believe. I put my trust in you, Lord. Wash away my sins. And I'm, I'm telling you on the authority of God's word that Jesus will wash away your sins and he will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. He will fill you with his spirit so that you can live a life that pleases him, a life that glorifies him on this earth so that when the day he comes, he's coming back for us. He's going to come back for you and he's going to come back for me. And um, I want to encourage you 
to trust in him today. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We ask you to have your way. And Lord, I pray for the person that prayed that prayer, Lord, that they would have the, the uh, courage to remember. You said if, if, uh, to make it public, to tell me, to, to hit me up on, <clears throat> on Facebook or, or on the chat, wherever, to hit me up and let them know I've received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I've believed on him. I've confessed him as my Lord. And I have, been, I have experienced him washing away my sins. And I want to thank the Lord today for what he's done. And so if that's you, I pray that you would have the courage to do that because the Bible says if you're ashamed of him before men, he will be ashamed of you before his father in, in, in heaven. And so I pray that you would uh, tell someone about what Jesus has done for you. You don't have to consult men to do that. You can tell them Jesus washed away my sins and he wants to do the same for you. And God will be glorified in your life. We thank, uh, thank God for his word today in Jesus name. Amen. We love you. and We'll see you next time. God bless you.